All right, guys, let's pray before we get started uh, this evening and as we talk about evangelism and the process and denoun all that, how that relates together. So let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight before we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that tonight you have given us the time, you have given us the opportunity to gather together and to seek after you. And as we look forward to learning how to seek you through prayer for evangelism, as we seek you out with denial just around the corner and look for opportunities to invite our friends, God, tonight as we study your word and understand in a greater depth your heart for the lost, your heart for others, Lord, that you will give us wisdom, you will give us knowledge, that we won't just use tonight just to check off a list, God, but something we can use in our lives this week, and that we'll put into action what you teach us here tonight through your word. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. So um, now I was preparing this lesson this afternoon. I was sitting on the couch, and um, I don't know if you guys probably know about uh, Kobe Bryant uh, passing away um, this afternoon. Um, Most of you know about it. If you all don't know about Kobe Bryant uh, passed away, on a um, helicopter crash um, earlier this morning out in California. And and though I was already knew what we were going to talk about tonight, we're getting honing in some of these details I'm going to give to you all. I don't know about you, but that, I, that, truthfully, I wasn't a big you know follower of the Lakers. I didn't really follow Kobe Bryant, but I knew who he was. There's no doubt. One of the best NBA players of all time. Um, just got passed actually last night, uh, of all things, by um, who was it? LeBron James and amount of points scored. Um, but he is one of these guys whose lives you want to live on in history in this in um, world of sports. And it comes as a shock because I can't. Uh, first thing I asked Katarina when I knew was like, how old was he? He's 41 years old. He was young. He just retired. And I think he had all this time to himself now to invest in his children, whom one of them also passed away in the crash as well. It just makes me to really think about what we're talking about tonight adds weight to our purpose, to our, the reason God left us here on earth is to go and to make disciples everywhere we go. Because we have no idea how long our lives are going to end. Now, we don't have no idea what God has in store for us for the future. But what I do know is this. Every single one of us will one day stand before the throne of God. Not just us, our friends, our family, and everyone we come in contact with. And so how are we using the time that God has given us to advance his kingdom through North Central youth and through Gainesville. And like I said, I wasn't planning on sharing all of that, but I just, at a time like now, just merit as we reflect upon just the tragedy of the news and our hearts and prayers goes out to their family. And my heart and prayer goes out for the for Kobe and prayerfully hope that he had had a chance to wrestle salvation before his life ended here on earth. And so when we reach, go to evangelism, there's three areas of evangelism. I hope you guys know this. So three big ways we evangelize. Uh, the first one is missional evangelism. Uh, this implies us going to Immokalee, going to Miami, going to Santa Fe Oaks across the street, which we're going to be doing this Thursday afternoon. 
That's one way we can live life on mission through evangelism is actually living missionally, uh, not only locally but abroad. The second style of evangelism is lifestyle evangelism. Not only do we go and live on mission, but we also live on mission, as Jesus says, as we go. That means you have an opportunity to talk to a cashier. You have an opportunity to talk to a waiter or waitress who serves your meal and ask they sit there and ask you, what's something, do you need anything else as you sit there with your paper straw because it's Gainesville and your cup? And you're like, yeah, plastic straw will help actually. But you sit there and you ask them, is there anything else you want? And one of my favorite things to do when the opportunity arises is to say, hey, actually, we're really good right now at what you've given us. But one of the things we do before we eat is we pray for our food. Is there anything I could be praying for you about as we bless our food together? It's a wonderful way, by the way, of living lifestyle missionally, going out, evangelizing where you go and opportunities that come about as you simply live life. And the third one is what I'm going to talk about specifically tonight with you all, and that is personal evangelism. Who is someone specifically that God has placed on your heart whom you can be, you're trying to reach for the gospel? So we have missional, we have lifestyle, and we have personal. And uh, what is um, a few, I found a couple months ago now, we had this little um, emphasis from Kurt, Todd, I taught, and Pastor Todd. We have this thing with a bunch of ping pong balls. You guys remember that emphasis, what it's called? You can say it out loud if you know what it is. Who's your one? Exactly. And that's a, that's very, a very real example of a personal style of evangelism. Now, just curiosity, how many of you all here really took it upon yourselves to sign one of those uh, white balls to put your name, put their name in there, say, I'm going to be praying for this person specifically. Um, so how many of you guys did that? You raise your hand. Hi, come on. Let me see that. All right, I see you guys. Awesome. So that is neat. And I pray that that just wasn't something we did and forgot, but that's something we still live. I'm still praying for my ones. It's harder um, with these guys that I'm working with, but I'm praying that God will work through that. But here's some stats. All right, so get your pens out. Here's some stats I want to give to you all about evangelism, all right? 65% of people who were surveyed in this study said that became Christians before the age of 14. 65% of people um, who are surveyed, which is meant to be a, a substantial size of the population of Christians, say most people came to know Christ before they were 14 years old. Now, real quick, I'm gonna, I actually want to see in this room specifically, all right? Raise your hand if you will like without a doubt say that I came to know Christ before I was 14 years old. So raise your hand real quick. Let me see there. Sorry. Oh, wow. Almost all of you guys here, um, which is so neat to hear that you guys grew up knowing Jesus for most of your life or you're 15 one year. Um, but most of you guys have known Jesus. So it merits the fact that this is true. And in fact, even more people in this room and our church have come to know Christ before the age of 14. And this stat also shows that before the age of 29, I'm 29, by the way, so before my age, only 34% did before the age of 29. And when I asked again, 34% of people, are sorry, after the age of 29, sorry, that was a mistake I wrote there. 34% people came to know Christ after the age of 29, which... 
it's kind of like, what do you do with these stats, by the way? I, I don't know about you all, but I read stats sometimes like, oh, great, that's so cool, but why does this have to do with my life or anything? It's like when you watch a football game, it's like this person has thrown 400 touchdowns throwing with his left hand while bouncing on his right foot. I mean, like ESPN throws these stats. I'm like, great, that's cool. Why do I need to know that? <laughs> but we think about those stats here, but what does these stats tell us? That 65% of people came to know Christ before the age of 14 and 34% say they did it after 29. You notice that's only 99%, so I imagine 1% said, I don't know <laughs> when that happened. But it shows us that most people come to faith in Christ, do so, before they leave middle school and high school. It means that our schools are the greatest mission field here in Gainesville, Florida. Those who we play sports with, those who we do um, athletics with, and those who we go and do clubs with, and we do... um, homeschooling with your friends your family the greatest mission field that you have right now is your age group because stats show that more people come to know faith while before they graduate high school than they do after they graduate high school and now here's some other things too here's some more stats two more 63 percent say that a personal invitation from a friend or neighbor would be effective in getting them to church. 63% of people. Now, this is outside the Christian circle, by the way. Now, this is outside those who were Christians. They just went ahead, life away, and surveyed a bunch of individuals who are not professed evangelical believers in Christ, and they said, what would get you to church? And 63% of non-church people said just an invite from a friend or a neighbor will be enough to get them to church. In fact, when they surveyed churchgoers, uh, people who are now inside the church, the stats went up to 75 to 90 percent of churchgoers said they began attending church because someone invited them. So most people who come to church come because someone specifically and personally asked them to come to be a part of the church, um, which is incredible considering the amount that we try to do in our sign and different things out there. Nothing brings people to church more than personal invitation. So the merits is we put those four stats together. Not only are schools the largest mission field, your age group, the largest mission field that we have, but most people in that mission field, over 63%, say they would come to church if a friend asked them to come. That is incredible to believe because most of us think one day we'll pray and then one day they'll show up at church. You know, that does happen time to time, but majority of that doesn't happen. It takes intentionality for us to reach our friends and our family to come to church. And it's as simple as simply asking them to be a part of what God's doing here. So what do we go from here? What is probably one of the prime things that we can use to share? And that is prayer. So that's all I want to hone in here for the next 10 minutes. You know, quickly, I'm going to read through this. Now, who has a Bible? Someone who wants to read Acts chapter 4, uh, verses 29 to 31? Who wants to turn to Acts 4 for me? I have four verses here, or three verses I want people to turn to. So who wants to do 
Acts chapter 4. All right, Aubrey, you got that one. All right, who wants to turn to Ephesians chapter 6 for me? I'll tell you the verses. All right, Kate. Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. Aubrey, uh, we're going to do Acts chapter 4, verses 29 to 31. And who wants to do Matthew 9, 38? All right, Coley, you can do that one for me. So here's the thing with prayer. Prayer for you. Prayer for me. If you're taking notes, you can write down, this is how I could be praying for myself when it comes to evangelism, all right? Because as... Um, Alvin Reed put in his book, I'm sharing Jesus without freaking out. You can't evangelize effectively on a consistent basis without prayer because witnessing is spiritual warfare. So, Aubrey, Acts chapter 4, verses 29 to 31. Read that for us out loud. Stand up so we all can hear you too, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right, read that for us. And now, Lord, look up, I mean, look upon the threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you strength out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus and when they had prayed the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and continued to speak the word God all right thank you so the first one is this what can we do praying for yourself pray for boldness what we see the disciples do in Acts chapter 4 is they were praying for boldness and it was then that the Holy Spirit came and filled their hearts. So two, Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. Kate, you got that one for me? Yes. All right, thank you. So what does that one share with us? Do I have to stand up? You, yeah, stand up, stand up. We'll do that. Sorry. <laughs> we can all hear you and you stand up better. Is it 18 through 20? Yes. Praying at all times in the Spirit. With all prayer and supplications, the end. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Make supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that the words may be given to me in opening of my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, and may I declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Awesome. Thank you. What Paul was sharing was the armor of God, and he ends it with this idea of prayer. So not only do we see a call to pray for boldness, but Paul tells us through Ephesians, we should also pray for the Spirit's power to live in and through us. Prayer is the indispensable part of the armor of God. He doesn't end with the sword, doesn't end with the helmet, but he ends with prayer as being the capstone to which we need to be doing to be a partaking in when you reach our lost friends. Uh, so be praying that the Spirit works within us. And in Matthew 9, 38, Coley, read that one for me. It says, Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. Send out laborers into his harvest. Absolutely. So finally, we need to pray for harvesters to join alongside us. Oftentimes, it's easy to read this. I'm like, oh, some other people might be praying this. But you know what? It begins with you too. So be praying that. If you're thinking about a specific person, you're thinking about a personal investing in someone, don't pray this that you're the one reaching them, but pray that God's also bringing others to reach them too. Pray that God is also bringing other people to join you in the process of evangelism in North Central Youth. And don't assume someone else is praying that same prayer begin with you in your heart and your prayer life each day. 
So that is prayer for you. And quickly, next thing, prayer for others. Now, we're talking specifically about a person in your heart, someone God's placed in in your mind that you want to be a part of and share in Christ with. But how can you be praying for them? I'm going to go real quickly. There's um, four things on here I want to share in a lot of verses. I'm not going to have you guys share them all, but I want you guys to read these on your own um, tonight when you get the chance. But one, one thing we can do is we can ask God to open their spiritual eyes. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Ask God to open the spiritual eyes to be receptive of the message that you're sharing with them, that they'll be open, they'll be like, their heart will be sticky to the gospel, that they won't just bounce off like a trampoline, but it'll stick to them and they'll think about it more. And and that only happens be, not because we can be a part of that. God is the one who works in others' hearts to do that. So we need to ask God that he opens his spiritual eyes. Ask God that he will be willing to open their hearts to be, receive the message. And two, we need to ask God to give them, one, ears to hear, Matthew 13, 15. Ears to hear. Faith to believe. Acts 20, 21. And a will to respond. Romans 10, 9. Say that again. We need to ask God to give them ears to hear. Matthew 13, 15. Faith to believe. Acts 20, 21. And a will to to respond. Romans 10, 9. You know, thirdly, as we mentioned previously, how you're praying for yourself, ask God to send people into their lives to witness to them. Matthew 9, 38, you know, shares that principle with us. We should not only be praying that we have opportunities, but also pray that others have opportunities as well to share with our friends. Because the goal isn't for us to have the glory, by the way. The goal is to have God have the glory. And if he does it through someone else, you know, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Because our goal is to see our friend come to faith in Christ. And that's the end goal right there. So we're praying that people will be sent into their lives to witness to them. Um, fourthly, ask God for ways to build caring relationships. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9.22. Ask God for ways to build caring relationships with them. Let them know that they're not just a project that you're trying to get them saved, but there you care about them as a person. Um, ask God that you're building caring relationships to the point where you speak truth to them, that we're not just not friends because um, I, you're an end goal for me to get my numbers up, but I personally care for them. And that God will open up relationships that will allow that genuineness to come through you um, to them. And finally, we see in Luke 14:23 that we need to ask God for an opportunity to invite them to an event where the gospel is shared. Ask them, ask God to open up a door through conversation for an event for not to invite them to an event where the gospel is shared. Not to say that you need to just invite them to an event to share the gospel. You can do that on your own. I encourage you to do it on your own. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't shy away from inviting them to church too. And so those are four, or sorry, five specific ways that you could be praying for someone in your life when it comes to personal evangelism. And kind of going off the last one there as we wrap up here with D now coming up in three weeks. I want you guys to think about this. Personally in your life, who is someone that does not have a church home that you can invite to come be a part 
of Dean now weekend with you. There is no, by the way, there's no better way than to invite someone to church when you say, hey, come hang out with the whole weekend with me and a couple of my friends. We're going to have a laser tag. I'm going to completely own you. And we're going to have some incredible fun throughout the weekend. But guess what? This is an opportunity for you to bring them to a place where they will hear the gospel as well. And um, two, by the way, um, I know we mentioned this. And I haven't mentioned to, you know, I mentioned it briefly. Uh, but we are doing VIP, by the way, which means if you bring a friend, you and your friend are VIP. Um, right before and after every single service that we have at the BCM here on Sunday morning, you guys are going to have full access to a snack bar. So as many espressos as you want. We're going to make mochas. I learned how to make mochas actually yesterday. So we're going to make mochas. Um, so you have access to all this food, you and your friend. So why would you not want to invite your friend? It's going to be awesome. And um, yeah. Cafe con leche, come on. doesn't get much better than that. Uh, hot chocolate. Maybe I'll even bake a cake and put a cake out there and you have cake. I know, I'm naming it. You're going crazy, all right? VIP, but y'all, listen up, listen up. But the goal of... Yeah, listen up. The goal of D-Now is not just to invite them to D-Now and that be it. That's not the goal of the events that we do. That's not the goal of Wednesday nights as well. The hope is that you not only invite them, but after those events that you will follow up with your friend. You know, that's where the real work begins. Not getting them there. It's what happens after you had a chance to bring them to a place where they hear the gospel. Ask them what they learned. Ask them what they didn't understand. Ask them what they thought about the gospel. Ask them their story. Like, hey, you've heard a little bit of what we believe at church. Let me tell you a little bit of my story and how God saved me. Before I was 14, as you all <laughs> just mentioned to me a few minutes ago. But look for opportunities to share personally, because there's no better opportunity with Dean now around the corner. And this isn't a time for you all just to, just like, hey, everyone come to Dean now. I don't want to be a big grab event, by the way. Or I'm just getting you guys here just to invite, encourage you all to bring your friends, because the end goal isn't just to get numbers up for Dean now. That's not the goal at all. The goal is to bring people to come to grow in our faith and to get a chance to hear the gospel. Uh, we don't need to be cannibalistic in our approach. You don't need to be bringing people from other churches. Uh, they have their church home, church home, and that's awesome. Find people who don't have a church home. Just be evangelistic in our way of reaching the lost. Now, I'm going to leave you with these three quotes. I have random quotes here that I wrote down, which I like, but I didn't know how to fit them in, so I was going to share them anyways at the end. So here's some three random quotes, all right? Dawson Trotman said, Soul winners are not soul winners because of what they know, because who they know. It's not because of what they know, but because who they know. I don't know who wrote this, but I found this. Spiritual maturity is better displayed in acts than in facts. It's not so much about how you how much you know but how much you live out. And uh, Donald Whitney, I'll leave you with this. Kate, I'm expecting you to uh, praise hallelujah for this one, all right? Donald Whitney said this, we are like the postal service. Success is measured by the careful and accurate delivery of the message, not by the response of the recipients. Our goal is to share with others. What do you say to that, Kaden? Uh. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, let's pray that this week, guys, that you take take it upon yourself to reach those who don't know Jesus for the sake of the gospel, because 
That is why God has left us here on earth. That's why God has left us here in Gainesville and North Central Youth to reach others whom others, to reach those whom God's placed in our hearts. Perhaps that's the reason why we're still here today in Gainesville. God has moved you away. It's because God still wants to use you. And as we learn this morning in Ephesians chapter 2, God has a great plan for you here in Gainesville. So let's pray together. Dear Father, we pray that tonight as we go our separate ways, that you will be with us, that you will impress on our hearts a desire and a burning passion, God, to pursue our friends for the sake of the kingdom, to pursue our friends so they will know the gospel in their lives, God. We thank you for Jesus, that because of him and because of your love, we know the gospel too, and that no matter what we do, God, you love us and you forgive us, God, through the cross. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.